BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let's go! Football Friday, Big Seals National Football Show. Happy Friday the 13th. Eagle fans, Friday the 13th, heading into a uh, wild card weekend. Are you a little nervous? Or do you feel as do you feel as punchy as you did in September and October? Huh? You still the playoffs are here, baby. I don't want to hear one excuse. Not one excuse. Not one. This thing better end up in Glendale. This bad puppy better get there. 14 and 3, executive of the year, all this other stuff. You better end up in Glendale or it's a bad season. Or a missed opportunity season, because it won't be a bad season. It'll be a missed opportunity. Excuses are for losers. Absolutely, baby. Absolutely. Holy cow, wild card weekend. This is when real football starts. Not taking on the JV Giants anymore. Here we go, baby. This is real football here. Man, it'll be packed. By the way, Bill Romanowski, hour number three, 5.30 Eastern. Mr. Assassin, the owner of four Super Bowl championship rings, will tell us what it's all about. To play as a team with a bye, wild card, favorite, underdog. Bill's got four Super Bowl rings. Can imagine that four title rings Bill Romanowski has, and we'll talk to him, hour number Three at 5.30 Eastern. 14 and three, baby. Glendale, look at Hank. Hank's got you in Glendale. He's probably got his hotel room all booked and everything. You guys got your, you feel comfortable? Hey, Xander, let's get a block of rooms. Get your old man to get that, to get that black American Express card out so we can get a block of rooms at the Marriott. (laughs) Let's go. You feel comfortable? And you get, hey, no return on your money, too. Are you feeling that comfortable to take out the Black American Express card? How you doing? Let's book some rooms. This is going to be very interesting. I'm very excited to see how this thing plays out. This is why the NFL is the greatest reality TV show. 
because we don't know what the end is going to be. We're hoping every fan base is 0-0 right now. By the way, check it out. We've ranked every coach that's going to be in the postseason. We've got the draft order. I want to talk about some of the picks the Eagles could make in this coming April draft. Also, our predictions on the games. The all-pro team. I saw some of you guys tweeting at me. Josh Allen didn't make the Pro Bowl, and, and, and Jalen Hurts was second team. Go ahead. You take Jalen. I'll take Josh Allen. You can have Jalen Hurts all you want. You can have Joe. You, you can have Jalen. I'll take Joe Burrow. Have at it. Take him. I would never build my football team around a dual threat. I'll take Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I, I will, okay? Teams that will need a quarterback this coming offseason. And also, quarterbacks by the numbers. Heading into the postseason, baby. There's some good looking. I got top 10. Jalen's in the top 10. I got him in there. Let's start it out here before we get to the topics. One football player the Philadelphia Eagles have to establish this postseason. Who is he? Who is the one guy that the Eagles have to establish? I think it's very simple. Who's the one guy? Who's the one guy this football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, have have to establish? Steven says Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders. But you want to hear something? They haven't, they haven't established Miles Sanders all year. He's not been a consistent thing that they've tried to establish every game. He's not. Merziah, is that how you say it? You're dead on. Get to Goddard. Kansas City establishes Travis Kelsey. The teams with good running games and the teams with exceptional quarterbacks and tight ends, those are the teams that win Super Bowls. Dude, Patrick Mahomes had a special year again this year. Why? He lost Tyree Kill. I get it. But, dude, as long as you have that tight end and that mismatch against linebackers, you're going to win games. What was the number one weapon that Tom Brady had for all those Super Bowls in New England? Who was it? It was Gronk. Gronk was the establishing guy that the Patriots consistently wanted to get going. Block and release. Block and release. Gronk was the guy. Gronk, Tom Brady, I mean, think about this. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa because of him. Gronk's not there. Is, is there you think there's any coincidence that Gronk's not being in uh, Tampa Bay this year? The Buck offense doesn't look anything remotely close to what it did a year ago. They're scoring 12 points less than they did a year ago. Do you think that's any coincidence that Gronk's not there? Gronkowski was the established player. For Tom Brady all those years in New England. I think the injury, listen here, this is going to sound crazy. I think the injury to 
Dallas Goddard has been more significant to the offense than Lane Johnson. I think it's been more significant getting him back into a rhythm. Dude, they have gone so much to the perimeter now in those wide receivers. The team doesn't look the same. Look, I get it too, man. Jalen missed a couple games. The team's not the same. You're not going to have the same continuity. He's banged up. I get it. There's no doubt your star quarterback is not in there. That's a factor for sure. And that's probably a major factor. Okay? And that probably, it is. It's a major factor. Not having your top dude in there is, is an issue. But still, Dallas Cowboys and that Cowboy game, Jalen Hurts doesn't play defense. It's wobbled the team that they've not been able to establish what they were doing in September and October. Remember this, you know, you keep saying, well, the team, you know, they'll get back on track. What what, what happened defensively this last month? How about this? Let's do this. Shit, I would even make this point. I think the offense is kind of tailored off and kind of tapered off a little bit, but the defense clearly has tapered off the last month. Am I right when I say that? The defense has looked worse than the offense the last month, and that's without Jalen Hurts. Am I wrong when I say that? By the way, the sack totals are great, but I showed you the defense has been giving up high completion percentages to bums. To bums. Dak Prescott has 15 INTs, yet in that game against the Eagles, he had a 77% completion percentage, and outside of the pick six, he looked like a superstar. The defense has looked worse. Gave up 139 yards last week to scrub giant players. Scrub players. Okay, I'm just saying. I think you got to establish Dallas Goddard again. And the Eagles have to go on those 13-14 play drives. You know how you guys were starting games out? I'll tell you, the thing that I love the most about the early season Eagles, I think there's two teams now. I think the Eagles have two teams. They look two, they're two different teams. They're not the team they were in September. They're just not. That team in September would do this, right? Start a game, 13-play drive, end a game, 13-play drive. They're not doing that anymore. They got to get back to that. They got to get back to establishing Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. Those two guys have to be the focal point. And that opens everything else up, in my opinion. You get back to that, Jalen's healthy. The question mark will be in the divisional round. Personally, I don't know if Jalen would have went this week. He probably would have went because he had to go. This is the playoffs. If they had to play this week, my opinion I think the Eagles may have gotten bounced this weekend if they had to play. Especially if your quarterback is as hurt as Jalen and the head coach is saying. I'm glad they got the week because this is going to make it even more interesting to see how this thing plays out and who you play because I think the matchup does matter for next week's game. I also hope the Eagles get a Sunday game. Another day of rest. I hope they get a Sunday game and not a Saturday game. I think it's going to determine if it's the Bucs. If the Bucs play the Eagles in the opening round, I think they could play Sunday. 
because they'd want that game in prime time, and that'd be a short work week for Tampa Bay to have to play on a Saturday. So I think if you play the Bucs, I think you get a Sunday game. If you play Seattle and Seattle upsets San Francisco, I think you're playing Saturday. Just see how this thing plays out. I can't, I cannot wait. I can't wait. Get Dallas Goddard established. Get him established. All right, let's get into the topics. We got a we got so much to hit on today. Because it's a bye week. Let's wind back the tape here. We had a lot of questions going into this season about the Eagle team. We had a ton of questions. Is Jalen Hurts the guy? Is Nick Sirianni a one-year wonder? Can Jonathan Gannon stop high-powered offenses? Is Shane Steichen the right coordinator for Jalen? Hassan Reddick, how are they going to work him? The free agents that have been added to the team. Let's start with the free agents. All the question marks we had about the Eagles going into this year. We're rewinding the tape here. Let's see if they've been answered. The free agents at Howie Roseman, this is more of a Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman's moves, have they all panned out? Let's take a look at him. His draft wasn't a factor this year. They were a non-factor. So that's not really a check in either box. Okay, that's not a check in either box. It's not good or bad. But nobody really contributed to the team this year. And with Jordan Davis a little bit. Especially at the beginning. Okay? Jordan Davis, probably at the beginning. A.J. Brown has been dynamite. Hassan Reddick has been dynamite. James Bradbury has been dynamite. CJ has been dynamite. Um, Kaiser White has been excellent. I've never seen anything. You know what? I would even make this point to you. I don't think Zach Pascal has been awful either. That's the role he had when he was in Indianapolis. Every single move that Howie Roseman has made When it came to acquiring, hey, Joseph, Sue. Those were were fabulous moves. How about this? The Robert Quinn, okay. You had to give up a fourth-round pick for him? Okay. Maybe not the best. But the free agents that have been added, I've never seen more free agents that were added to one football team, and it resulted into massive winning like it did in Philadelphia this year. Every time I've ever seen that, when they acquire that kind of turnover on a team, it never results in winning. It did here. It resulted in winning. All of the free agents, all the moves that he made, have panned out. 
The secondary has been unbelievable. With all the new faces, got to remember something, man. When you bring new people in and you have that much turnover, your entire secondary is different than it was a year ago. Completely did a facelift on the secondary. Complete facelift. It's unreal. Then you add AJ to the mix on the other side of the football. He's been a dynamite player for the growth of the football team, the growth of the quarterback, the growth of the coaches to some extent. The free agents. That question mark has been absolutely answered. You got to give Howie a lot of love here, man. I don't know if that's going to happen again next year. I have no idea because I've never seen this. Never seen this. So I give him credit. That question has been answered. Hassan Reddick, completely answered. Yes. At the beginning of the year, why is he on his third team in three years? Now, the question is this. How did Carolina and Arizona miss on him? How'd they let him go? Don't you think those two teams could have used pass rushers? They let Hassan Reddick go because they didn't know how to use him or utilize him? That narrative has completely changed. That question has been answered. Totally answered. Has Jonathan Gannon's question mark been answered? This is a complex question, isn't it? Do you feel better about Jonathan Gannon today as your defensive coordinator than you did a year ago when they took on the Buccaneers in the playoff game? How do you feel about Jonathan Gannon? I'm interested. By the way, statistically, look down the line. Many statistics, they're leading the NFL, top five in some and most, top 10 in all. Has Jonathan Gannon been a better defensive coordinator this year than he was in that playoff game against the Buccaneers last year in Tampa? Yes or no? Jameson says no. Hank says yes. Gannon, Gannon played well. little better, Joseph says. Gannon can't be trusted. I want a new D.C., is he a better defensive coordinator right now than he was in that January game last year against Brady? I'll tell you when we see Brady in the playoffs. <laughs> I think that's probably going to play out. Brady's going to be the opponent in the divisional round. Again, it's a bum. Better, ta better talent. No, but the talent's better. East Candom, don't know. Okay. I don't see any difference. The biggest difference, he's been facing weaker quarterbacks. Billy Ray, that is correct. Last year, he had harder quarterbacks to face, and they ate him up. This year, the quarterback still ate him up. But he's but here, you know what he's I'll tell you what Jonathan Gannon's really smart at. He knows you're gonna make a mistake. He knows you're gonna make a mistake. He's right. With the inexperienced quarterbacks that the Philadelphia Eagles had played this year, he put a game plan together, not just for one game, 
for all 17 teams. He knew Dallas would make mistakes. Why? One of the highest penalized teams there is in the NFL. Somewhere in a 10-play drive, the Cowboys are going to have an offsides or legal procedure. That's how he coordinates. I'm figuring him out. That's why it looks plug and play. Jonathan Gannon is counting on you to make a mistake. That's why he wants to keep everything in front of him. That's why he doesn't play man coverage. Okay? That's why he plays zone. He believed, he's, He was right. He's been right. It's just not aggressive, but he's outthinking you. Every quarterback that they've played this year, they haven't really played any top flight quarterbacks. And the ones that they had, they had tremendous success against. Aaron Rodgers was 70%. Andy Dalton was 82% or 88%, whatever it was. Okay? They took on bad old lines. They didn't really take on anybody with any significance this year. Kirk Cousins was a great performance. I thought that was the performance of the year, shutting down Justin Jefferson and those guys. But in theory, Gannon, his philosophy is not going to be blitzy. Every time I hear Barrett or I hear somebody on our network talk about he's got to blitz more, you should stop that. He's never going to be that guy. He believes you're going to make a mistake. He believes you don't have a complete team like we do. And he's been right. He's gambled correctly. But when you play a guy like Mahomes, no lead is safe with him. That's why he crushes you. When you play the elite quarterbacks, look at the numbers. They don't lie either. If you want to go by Jonathan Gannon's numbers this year, I'll pull out what the quarterbacks did against you guys this year, and every one of them had great success that were anybody. So for me, Jonathan Gannon, I mean, I think he's had better talent. I just think he's had better talent. I do think he's pretty smart. I think he's smart. Listen, I don't think he's very creative. And I don't think he's a very good structure of putting a defensive scheme together. But he's smart. He's smart knowing what your weaknesses are. Hey, look, when you play against five and nine teams, they're five and nine for a reason. Lack of talent. No quarterback. You'll make a mistake. That's how he coordinates. That's how he coordinates. That's his philosophy. You'll make a mistake. And he's been right. So really, when I look at Jonathan Gannon, I don't think he's any better than he was a year ago in that buck game. They've just put better people around him. I don't think he's any better. How about Shane Steichen, the offense coordinator? Is Shane Steichen the right coordinator for Jalen Hurts? This was a question that was asked at the beginning of the year. We're we're going back and some of the question marks on the football team. We're asking you, free agents have been a grand slam. Hassan Reddick has been a grand slam. Jonathan Gannon, I think he's still the same guy he was a year ago. I don't think he's improved at all. Shane Steichen. You think Shane Steichen's the right coordinator for Jalen Hurts. 
got him hurt. Got him hurt. Ran the same offense for Gardner Minshew in the Cowboy game and in the Saints game. And, I mean, is Shane Steichen the right guy? That Chicago game is when I even more started questioning him. I don't think he is. I don't think he's that hot a coordinator. You don't have a different game plan? Frank Reich did. There was, there, there was a different game plan for Nick Foles. Once Wentz went down, I talked to Frank the other night. They didn't change the plays. They changed the sequence of play calling. They didn't do that here. They didn't do it. You ran the same RPO offense against the Saints that you would have if Jalen Hurts was running. The Chicago game was a train wreck. Shane Steichen really, as talented as you think, and you think he's the right coach for Jalen. Hmm. I, I, I don't, I'm not very high on him. These coaches are not very creative. You got talented football players. Jalen Hurts had a great year. I don't think it's because of that coordinator. Let me ask you this. How was this how was this play calling? Tell me how okay, Murph, tell me how this is play calling. When Jalen Hurts drops back to throw and it's not open and he decides to run, you think that's scripted on the sidelines or is that Jalen's call? Ask yourself how many plays you saw those this year that Jalen made the decision himself and not the sideline. And it was a Jalen call, not a design run play. Ask yourself that question. How many times in a game? Let's just take a number here. Say there's 50 plays, running and throwing. Say there's 50 plays. How many of those plays were because Hertz made the decision instead of the sidelines? Okay? How many of those? That's the, that's the, that's the text of an RPO. It's the quarterback's call. How was that the sideline offensive coordinator's call? RPO, run pass option. The coordinator on the sideline doesn't make that. That's not his call. That's why when Shane Steichen had to put an offensive game plan together, he couldn't because he had more of a narrow box to deal with Gardner Minshew. That's why it looked like a train wreck against the Saints. And you still think that guy's the right quarterback, right quarterback coach? coordinator or what have you I say Jalen Hurts I agree with you Hank I think 70% of the time Hurts made the play call and he made the decision on what he was going to do so again I go back and I go like Shane Steichen really you think he's the right coordinator for him where would you say he's the right coordinator what game did you go wow that guy was just a like you think that guy's like Andy Reid Andy Reid is a play caller with Mahomes. And you see the influence of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid together. Most of those plays during the regular season, Jalen made the decision. Not the coaches. Run pass option. It's in the text of 
what you're doing, RPO, run pass option. That's not a coordinator putting a game plan together. That doesn't make sense when people go, Shane Steichen calls great Jalen is the offensive coordinator on the field. It's not Steichen. Now, the design of the offense and allowing that quarterback not to have to be coached in the phone booth, that's Shane Steichen. That's trust in your player. That is. I want to be fair here on this. I want to be fair because we're Steichen. Just follow me on the coaching style that you have in Philly on both defense and offense. Follow me here. Gannon doesn't believe in press coverage, man coverage. He believes in zone. Keep everything underneath. People will make mistakes. The offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, believes in this. Don't put your quarterback in a phone booth. Don't put guardrails on him. Put about seven plays out there. Let him go out there and be creative with his athletic talent. That's the style of coaching that you have with that staff compared to the previous staff with Doug Peterson that Doug had guardrails. Same with Jim Schwartz. There were more guardrails on that system with Doug, which meant you had better coaching. More coaching with Doug staff than you do with this. There's you're not coaching Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts is running RPOs. You're not coaching him. Jalen's taking advantage of his skill set. Okay. Malcolm goes, I think Shane and Hurts could grow together if he sticks around. Yeah, because Malcolm, because on the positive side of it. Yeah, there'd be more trust. But then again, here's what you got to do too, Malcolm. Do you think Shane Steichen and the offensive coaches did a good job protecting Jalen Hurts this year? Yes or no? You think they did a good job protecting him? Doug Peterson got exposed in 17. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and just won the division title. Sorry, dude. Brandon, Doug Peterson's going to be the coach of the year. He's been validated. He won the divorce. They won the Super Bowl in 17 because of him, not Howie Roseman. Not Howie Roseman. Not at all. Doug is a great coach. That's an opinion that's wrong. It's been proven wrong. This year, Doug Peterson proved it wrong. Completely proved it wrong. Nick Sirianni won a division title, so did Doug in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. With the Jaguars. With, with the Jags. After Urban Meyer lit that place on fire, Doug went in and cleaned it up and won a division title. And I think because Mike Williams being out, I think that's a factor. I think that's a pick game on Saturday night. It's the Jags, Jameson, the Jags. They've only had four division titles in their history. When's the last time they had a winning season? 17? Oh, G-Mac, one of the greatest moments in Super Bowl history. 
Foles coming over to the sideline. It's probably my favorite. Why don't we run the Philly special? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's why that guy's great. Doug Peterson, spectacular coach. Love Doug Peterson. So Shane Steichen for me, I, I, I think the Eagles could do better. I think the Eagles could upgrade at coordinators this offseason. They get jobs. Go ahead. I think they can upgrade. How about Nick Sirianni? Has Nick Sirianni... How, what do you think of... What do you make of Nick Sirianni? Because what's his job? What's Nick Sirianni's job? Do you think he's answered questions on being the head coach for the next 10 years in Philadelphia? What do you think of Nick? He's an interchangeable piece. How he makes it that way. How he makes it that way. It's kind of like a little bit of a Dallas deal. Nick's not a play caller. Nick's involved in the design because Shane's his guy. By the way, Shane Steichen did interview for the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Carolina Panther gig. I like his spirit. He seems like a no phony kind of guy, a genuine dude. I think that's probably what you really like about Nick Sirianni. He's genuine. He's a genuine geek. But that's okay. I mean, you think Bill Belichick is some sort of like guy you want to go out having beers with and you want to go to a strip club with or somebody? That's not the guy. I mean, Sirianni looks like you can go to a strip club with him and have a good time with him, right? Go hang out with him, play cards one night, go bowling somewhere with him. He's cool. Have a great time, couple beers, card night at your boys. He's kind of like that dude, you know? And I think there's a calming, I think there's a calming, um, a calming atmosphere to having a guy like that around. I think that's a positive too. You're always talking positive things. You're never talking shit on anybody. I think that's a good thing. Now, we'll find out what a little adversity hits. It's great when winning's there because everybody's all hunky-dory. Okay? I think it's all good. Find out when he starts losing some ball games and he starts seeing the other side. A little bit like with A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown's got a little bit of an issue with his attitude, but that's okay. They're winning. And he had a great year. Marina goes, players like him and play for him. I think so. I think you're right, Marina. Okay? Yeah, look at Arthur. Sirianni without drink big sills. Probably. He looks like that guy. I think that's a skill set. I think that's a skill set. My only problem with Nick, I think he's too emotional. He gets too high and he gets too low. There's no even kill with the guy. And it could be a problem when you have adversity on a sideline. We haven't really seen adversity on a sideline yet in Philly. We really haven't. How will he act in the playoffs when adversity hits? I love how people are ripping on Brock. Brock Purdy has got every opportunity to do as much as Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did nothing in that buck game last year. He did nothing. His playoff experience is very limited. This is a different world. I love how people go, Jalen's going to have a huge Huge playoff. How do you know that? He hasn't. How do you know that? Or do you think this? You think playoff experience is overrated? Do you think playoff experience is overrated? 
I think if you're better, you're better. Okay, but I do think that the coaches have to have some of that. Dude, if a, if a guy's a better ball player, he's going to be a better ball player every weekend. I think coaches, look at Marty Schottenheimer. Marty's the greatest example of this. Marty, 206 victories in the regular season. He's 4-14 four and 14 in the postseason. How can that be? He overcooks it. Schottenheimer used to overcook it every playoff. What did he go through when he was in Cleveland? Three straight AFC championship games? The Ernest Biner fumble, all that shit, man. The drive. He had that team, that 14-2 team when he was in San Diego. Shit to bet against New England. I thought he had more talent in New England in that early 2000 team when he had LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates and them dudes. Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau, Vincent Jackson. They had a ton of guys. And they couldn't get past anybody. I think they made it to an AFC title game. I think that's a game Rivers hurt his ACL. Okay, I mean, Gannon and I, I mean, the coaching staff to me is very inexperienced, and I think the head coach is very, you have a very emotional head coach. Your coordinators are very inexperienced. Smart. Smart. I think Gannon, watch this, I think Gannon and Steichen are smart dudes. Okay, I do. I think they're smart. I don't I don't think they're very creative. You see, those two guys along with Nick, they play the percentages. That's the analytics. Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steiking are a prime example of the birth of the analytical coach in today's NFL. That's why guys like Brandon Staley, Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell, those dudes, that's why those guys are getting jobs. They're the analytical group of dudes now that are circling around the NFL and they go with the analytics and work with the front office. Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen are today's coaches. You're not going to have Buddy Ryan or Jim Johnson. Those guys are Neanderthals. You're not going to have those type of coaches any longer. They're going to play by the percentages. They're going with the analytics. That's why coaches, when you see guys like Mike McCarthy, why they stumble sometimes? Because they're not very analytical. Who would you replace Shane and Gannon with? I think Howie Roseman has bought into the analytics of today's NFL. I don't think it'll be anybody experienced. They would probably elevate from within. They would probably elevate somebody from within. Or somebody that has Philadelphia Eagle ties to the organization that has worked with Howie Roseman. Howie's not going to deviate from that. You know why? He doesn't need to have a rogue coach in there telling him or anybody what to do. That's why guys like Seth Joyner will never get a job in the organization of the Eagles. Never. Because Seth is opinionated. Seth has got big beliefs. That's not what they're looking for. The Eagle Brass doesn't like that guy. They don't like the Doug Petersons, the Jim Schwartzes, or the Lovey Smiths. It would be a young coordinator. I could see Raheem Morris getting that D coordinator job in Philadelphia. 
He's with the Rams right now. I could clearly see Raheem getting that job. McVay's already told him you can look for other gigs because I, I, I believe it and I reported it a couple of days ago. I think, he's, I think he's going into broadcasting at 36, Sean McVay. I, I could see Raheem being your coordinator. He's a hell of a quote. He's a hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. Got a Super Bowl win a year ago. Raheem is a good coach. And I'll tell you what, Raheem now buys into the analytics. I think that that would play into somebody like Raheem Morris being your D coordinator. I think Howie would really like him too. Okay. Raheem can coach. I know him very well. I've posted numerous pictures of he and I. His schemes are really good, too. He's very, very good at it. He's very good at putting guys in right positions to win. What's happened in Los Angeles right now, they pushed all their chips in, and they're going to have three shitty years of football because they gave all their draft choices away. Okay, that's all right. You won a Super Bowl doing it. But you're going to experience it until 2036 shitty football because you don't have any first-round picks. Hell, I don't even think you have second-round picks. Okay, so true big seals. Doug was under Andy and Nick was under Frank. How he will always hire with it. I could see Frank Reich being the offensive coordinator, but I don't. And, and plus Sirianni and him, they're, they're close as anybody you've ever seen. So that would, that, but you got to remember something now. Frank Reich makes $9 million a year for the next three years. It'd have to be a consultant. Frank's not going to take a pay cut to come be the offensive coordinator and cash in that $9 million. He's got $9 million coming to him for the next three years. He's, he just signed a contract extension. That dumbass Jim Irsay gave it to him. Not doing it. Now, you can keep your salary. That's why there's $900 million worth of coaching. Get this. There's $900 million worth of coaches' salaries that have been fired. That's why the league sent that memo out. Stop doing this. Okay? You're killing us and you're killing our bottom. There's almost a billion dollars in unpaid coaching salaries with guys that aren't on the team anymore. I mean, you know, sometimes people get on people for making mistakes at quarterback, like with Wentz in that contract. How about somebody's – look at what they just did with Steve Kime and with – Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. Both guys are gone, and you just signed a contract, a three-year contract extension with Cliff Kingsbury this past offseason. You owe that guy $9 million a year also. I, I mean, <laughs> dude, this is like retirement pay. I mean, I mean it's like retirement pay. Look, look at what the guy who just got fired in Carolina – he had a six-year contract. Matt Rule had a six-year contract in Carolina with David Tepper. He had, he had six years. He's owed four years at $10 million. So he takes the, he takes the um, Cornhusker job. No, that's prorated out. The, say the Cornhusker job is $6 million. $10 million there, get what? The Carolina Panthers still have to pay him $4 million off the contract that's still owed there. I mean, so when you look at Nick Sirianni, 
How about this? Would you give Nick Sirianni a contract extension? Would you give Nick Sirianni in the offseason a contract extension? Let's see how much you love your guy. Hell yes, I'm not. What's he done? Listen to Howie? You guys can't even tell me what his biggest asset is outside of being a cheerleader in the locker room. That's not contract extension talk to me. That guy's not Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. Make me want to pay him $9 million. Tell me why I want to pay him and give him a contract extension. Now, if he wins the Super Bowl, (laughs) hey, look, if Jalen Hurts and Doug, or if um, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni win the Super Bowl, you, you understand where this is going. This is going max dollar, and these are max guys. 14-3 14 and 3 doesn't mean shit to me. I just got through telling you about Marty Schottenheimer going 14 and 2 and he was fired in the offseason. What's that mean? Means nothing, man. Your legacy is built in the postseason, not the regular season. I just got through showing you a coach who's the sixth all-time winningest and in 25 years never had a losing season. He's got more victories than Chuck Noll and Marv Levy. And he's 4-14 and in the postseason. No extension. Let's see how he does if he has round a second round of coordinators. I like that. I would, but, the, but put the moment he has one bad season, they're going to do this. <laughs> right there, preach. Xander, put that up. Look at Preach. Look at what look at what Preach Hamilton just said. I would, but the moment he has one bad season, they're going to do him like Doug. Because how he sees himself is more important than the coach. And you're not going to pay a court. You're not going to pay Nick Sirianni three years, nine million dollars, if you think you're. General manager is more important than the head coach. And obviously the owner does. The owner of your football team thinks more of the GM than the coach. He's proven that. He's fired a Super Bowl winning coach and he's fired another Super Bowl winning coach. Do you understand in the last three coaches that have been in Philadelphia? Okay, prior to Nick Sirianni being hired, They have fired two Super Bowl winning coaches. One's going to the Hall of Fame. One's going to be the the, um, coach of the year, potentially. Him and Brian Dable have to be up for it. They don't look at the head coaches in Philadelphia as the most important guy in the locker room. They think Howie is. That's why he stands out in front of the the, uh, locker room waving guys in because it's his team. Don't you see that? Has it, haven't you witnessed it all year in the last four years since you guys won the Super Bowl? Haven't you been watching this dynamic? Your coaches are like pawns. 
Howie's the, he's the king and the queen. He's the king and the queen on the chessboard. The coaches are all pawns. All interchangeable. That's how Roseman sees it. You know why he sees it that way? He's never going to have Chip Kelly happen to him again. So I ask you with the coaches, you guys are telling me you think some of these guys are really good. They're not factors. It doesn't matter if Shane Steichen's there or Jonathan Gannon's there. Howie likes the analytical guy. He'll find another guy. As long as they buy in to what the front office and how the front office operates, you're going to get a job in Philly. You guys are saying this shit. I went back and watched the, the Reddit boards and the newspaper articles. Who the hell is Nick Sirianni? You did the same shit with Doug Peterson, though, too. Hell, you did the same shit with Andy Reid. And I don't think that's out of line. Who are these guys? Andy Reid was a quarterback coach in Green Bay. Everyone knows he didn't call plays in Green Bay. That was Mike Holmgren who called plays. Holmgren was the, was the play caller. Andy was kind of like the quarterback coach. Reed was in Philly for 14 years. So Belichick is in New England for 20 plus years. Landry was in Dallas for 30 years. There's only been three coaches in Pittsburgh in 50 plus years. What's your point? That's called stability. Would, would you not? Hey, so you're trying to tell me you wouldn't want to have Andy Reed still as your head football coach right now with Jalen Hurts? Really? You wouldn't want Andy Reed. As your head football coach, I would debate that with you. You wouldn't want Andy Reid. And I, and I, hey, and I'm not going back over history. I'm asking you more about today's staff, but I would say this. Hey, I get it. It was probably time. He wanted out too, the whole thing with his family and shit. I, I get it. I mean, emotions take over eventually. It's been very emotional for him in Kansas City with his kid, the accident that he had. So I get it. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not revisiting the history to say which, you know, what, I'm just making points here with you guys. Okay, I'm not, I, I get it. He, it was probably time for all, all to move on. 14 years, a long time in one place. I get it. I'm with you. Andy's time ran up. It could have easily been. Ron, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any, there's any bad comment with that. I mean, I, he had great success in Philly. He did. He just didn't run through the tape. Doug did. So when I say this to you about the coaching staff, you really, you think Nick Sirianni's been answered? I think it doesn't matter. Jonathan Cannon, Shane Steichen. They're pawn pieces. So it's almost like, who cares? Like they're not going to win. They're not going to win the Super Bowl because of the coordinating, because of the coaching staff. Those players are going to go out there and they're going. Hey, do we agree? Let me ask you this: In 2017, how much do you think coaching was a factor? I want to read some of these responses. How much do you think coaching was a factor in winning the Super Bowl in 2017? And how much do you think it's going to be a factor this year? If they win the Super Bowl, 
How much do you think it's going to be a factor this year? They're, 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 they're coaching this year on this staff. The 2017 coaching was a factor, wasn't it? Coaching was, dude, that's some of the best coaching I've ever seen. Shit, do, do we not agree what Kyle Shanahan's doing in San Francisco is kind of what Doug Peterson and Frank and Jim Schwartz did. There were injuries on both sides of the ball in 17 going into the playoffs, right? Am I right? It, it, it kind of looks if, – if, I, if I'm going to say this to you, guys, doesn't that 2022 San Francisco 49er team remind you of that 2017 Eagle team? That's why that team in San Francisco kind of bothers the people in Philly because you know why? You're looking at a mirror image of 17. You're looking at a mirror image. That team has all the look of that Eagle championship team in 17, except for the most important factor that Philly has. You have home field advantage and the playoffs have to go through Lincoln Financial. Huge. Huge. Huge accomplishment. Huge. That team's working on a backup quarterback up there to try to carry them. Las Vegas and Atlantic City thinks the Niners are the favorites to win the Super Bowl or come out of the NFC. Look at the odds. They got the, they got the Niners. By the way, that Pro Bowl team littered with San Francisco 49er guys. Hey, and by the way, who would I pick? Because it's home, I'd probably go. And because, well, then again, I don't know what Jalen's going to do in the postseason yet. He hasn't done anything yet in it. There's no wow moment for him in the postseason. There's no wow moment for Brock Purdy. And because he got killed in a game against the Bucs, I don't know how much experience that is. What, getting killed? Okay. Do you want to call that experience? Sure. I'm okay with it. Okay, I'm okay with it. Purdy versus the Eagle D. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw. You don't have one player on your football team to cover Kittle. Not one. So before you start talking about Purdy, you need to worry about Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield and catching passes. Who? Hassan Reddick? Who? TJ Edwards? Who, Kaiser White? You don't have a linebacker on that football team that can cover backs or tight ends. It's been proven. That's how teams have been attacking you. You don't have a guy to cover Kittle. And if you put a corner on him or a slot corner, it's a physical mismatch. I'd be careful. That, and they can run the ball. You don't have one linebacker that can cover that guy, Kittle. Not one. They're terrible. The Eagle linebackers. That's why there's a hole in the middle of that defense every game because the coordinator plays zone coverage. Just all you have to do is pull out the 22 and watch the 22. There's a hole in the middle of the defense every game. 
Every game. Every Dude, the Saints guys, I didn't even know who they were throwing the ball to. Same thing with the Giant guys. I had no idea. Some dude named Webb had a 60% completion percentage and never thrown a pass in the NFL. I'd never seen that before. Seattle will upset them. You watch. <laughs> okay. Debo, I haven't even mentioned Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, I'd like, I would put Debo Samuel on Darius Slay big time. I would put him on Slay. Oh, yeah. That's what I would do. I don't think Slay's been playing very good ball the last two months. <laughs> I just don't. I think Bradbury actually outplayed him. I'd, shit, I think the guy who was injured, CJ, I think he's outplayed him. I'd line him up right on Darius Slay. Every side of the field Slay was on, I'd put Debo on him. And then you got a mismatch at the linebacker position on Kittle. And then who again is covering uh, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield? Just asking. Kaiser White? The Kobe Dean? This is going to – hey, and by the way, who covers AJ on the other side? That's why this game is going to be a great one. Who covers Devontae? Who covers Dallas Goddard? Warner? Okay. He's the best. He, him and Roquan Smith are the two best backers in the NFL. Sure. Okay. Lane Johnson being 70% is not going to block Nick Boza. <laughs> That'll be a train wreck. I give Lane a lot of love for going out there. Let's see if he can finish the divisional game first. I'm hoping he can because I want that game, that NFC championship game, to be a great one. I love great football. Okay? Well, I would say this to you. Niners haven't done anything since 95. Well, the last three years, they've been in two of the last three NFC title games last three years. You guys have been fair this year. You've been really good. I mean, 49ers have had more success than you the last three years. That's a fact. That's a fact. Last four years, actually, the Niners have been more successful than the Eagles. Yeah. James, and you got destroyed by the Bucks last year. Jimmy G went into Dallas and won, then went into Green Bay and won, and lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions. The Super Bowl game was actually the 49ers and Rams last year. That's a lie, Nicole? Last four years, you think you've had more success than the Niners? Where? They've made it to conference championship games. Where? Where? What have you done? 4-11 and 1. Year before that, too, was a losing season. Um, the year before the 4-11 and 1 was losing. Then you went 9-8, and eight, actually 9-9. Nine and nine, And then this year was a great successful season. The Niners have been to two of the last three NFC championship games. That's not a lie. It's actual fact. There's no reason 
whatsoever to assume Purdy will continue to play well into the playoffs. Well, why would you go the other way? I'm giving Jalen the benefit of the doubt that he'll play better than that shitball game he played a year ago. You can't do it for one, though. Transistor, you can't do it for one. There's no reason that Purdy's going to continue his play. So there's no reason to think that Jalen's going to improve his play off the buck game. That's not common sense thinking. I don't know what Purdy's going to do. And all you could do is hope Jalen being injured plays better than what he did in the buck game. That's all. That's fact. That's facts. They were in the playoffs in 19. Okay. You still think you haven't had the success that the Niners have had the last four years. Look it up. Let me double check. I want to double check the last four years, the Niners. Niners are 12 and four this year, 12 and five. San Francisco 49ers year to year. Let's see here. Last four years for the Niners. That's four years for the Niners. So just I want to double check. I want to be factual on that. Because some of you here. Okay. 13 and four this year. 10 and seven last year. Six and 10 and 20 COVID year. And they were 13 and three in 2019. So it's the last 19, 19, 20, 21, 20. Last four years. They've won 13 games, 10 games, and 13 games. They lost in the NFC Championship game. No, excuse me. They went to the Super Bowl in 2019, the year you went to the playoffs. The Niners went to the Super Bowl. And then they went to the NFC Championship game a year later, lost to the Rams, and now they're 13-4 and and then they're in the playoffs. So don't talk to me about Eagle success the last four years. You haven't had it like that team has had it. Not remotely close. They've gone further into playoffs and they've won more playoff games. Um, so again, these, we started this off with question marks. And the most important one, I'm going to ask you in hour number two. Has Jalen Hurts answered the question about future? here in Philadelphia. Don't forget, Bill Romanowski, hour number three. Ton of stuff to hit on. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 
Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. By the way, we got a really cool, I was talking to uh, Xander about this. I think around the Super Bowl week, Big Sills is going on the Joe Rogan show. And um, I got another email sent to me from the producer. So Big Sills may have to get his ass up to Los Angeles. And we may be doing our show from his studios around the Super Bowl time. So see how it works out. It's either the Super Bowl week or the week after that we may be uh, doing the Joe Rogan show. So it's tentative. I want to put that on and it's tentative, but I got a great text from Joe this morning. And then um, also uh, the producer just reached out to me a couple minutes ago on going on the Rogan show. Cause I guess they want the, the full cilio. I don't know what that is. I don't know what goes. I want the full cilio. And I'm like, no, no, no. He goes, bro, you don't have to worry about it. You're never going on radio. <laughs> and I go, okay, all right, fair enough. 
you don't ever have to worry about it again. So I was like, okay, man. I mean, I met Joe and I told you guys this. I met him when he was doing the show. You guys remember that show Fear Factor? You guys remember the show Fear Factor? They used to do it from the Universal Studios in Orlando. And my wife and I would go down and watch it. I never wanted to be part of it. That stuff was just gross, you know, with the worms and shit and the lice and all that. I was like, I'm not doing it. No, he goes, you want to come on it? I go, absolutely not. And I was doing my show in both Orlando, Tampa, Miami, and Atlanta at the time, my morning radio show. And um, I used to go out to lunch with him, man. He's a great guy if you know him. I know the politics have kind of skewed people's opinions of him. My daughter hates him. (laughs) Okay? I mean, he's great on UFC. But, um, yeah, no. So, by the way, okay, because my daughter doesn't watch this. My wife does. So, my daughter doesn't know. So, I can't. Like, I would never tell my daughter. I think I'm going on the Rogan show. So, yeah, I can only imagine what that's going to be like and how many people in the radio industry are going to come after me after that one. That's going to be interesting. So, again, everyone, please hit the like button. I'll give you more details on it as it gets closer to the Super Bowl, too. So, thank you so much. I could see you being friends, of course, right, Malcolm? Because that's my – his political beliefs are mine, right? I don't gauge people by their political beliefs, Malcolm. I gauge people if they're good dudes. If you're a good dude, I'm a friend of yours. If you're a shitty dude, I hate you. I don't, I don't, people's religion, their color, their politics. I, that doesn't, that doesn't, I like people with all different opinions. As you could tell, look at you guys. You guys battle me every day. I don't hate you. I may holler at you and you may holler at me, but that's what sports talk is to me. It's not having a certain group of people on your show like Fox News or CNN. I think the more you have, I want them all in. People hate me, love me, whatever. That's how I've always done my show. And that's how I'll always do it. But people like to go into phone booths now. And people like to go in certain roads. And, you know, if you like Trump, you hate cops. Or no, no, you you, you hate freedom. Freedom is, that's not the case, dog. (laughs) Okay. People are funny today. Okay. Joe's going to get high. I I don't know. Hey, my aunt will watch this. So I've got to behave myself. Okay. I've got to behave myself. All right. Let's move on here. Um, Got a bunch of stuff. Don't forget, Bill Romanowski will join us. He'll be stepping in with us at, 5.30 Eastern time. We appreciate him coming aboard with us too. I see Brian Flores has now interviewed for the Arizona Cardinal job. Is that window dressing? Would the Bidwells hire Brian Flores? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe because of Kyler Murray, depending on what Murray's input is. Okay, maybe. Maybe. I, I, that's a funny, that's a funny operation, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I'm really glad to see, but is that window dressing? And you think that would came down from Park Avenue and make sure Brian Flores gets job opportunities and make sure we put him in the window, dress him up, parade him around. So the Rooney rule looks halfway decent. You know what people are doing right now? They think Eric B deserves an opportunity to be a head coach. 
Have you seen his checkered past and his criminal record? Or how about this? I don't want to say criminal record. So let's go here. Have you seen Eric Bieniemy's behavior of the past? Nobody in the media brings it up except me. Okay? I think that's the thing holding him back is his past. Pushing a cop around, pushing um, police on a campus around, being belligerent. There's a, there's, a, there, there's a list, an arm long. I posted them on my face, on my Twitter page. Go read them. It's not me talking. No, I take that back, Marky. It's not criminal. It's, it's uncool behavior. I posted it on Twitter. Go read it yourself. Here, I'll tell you what. Just so you know, we, we're, we're, you guys aren't sitting here thinking, redemption? Oh, I see. So it works for certain people, right, GT? It works for certain people if they make a mistake in their past that it's okay. Oh, okay. I, 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 hey, I'm all for that. Here, here we go. Eric Bieniemy's rap sheet, they call it. Here's some of the things that happened in Eric. Would you hire this man as head coach of your team in the face of your franchise? Let me read this. February 98, according to the South Florida Sun Sentinel, Colorado police arrested the enemy and teammate Canaris McGee after a bar fight. The enemy was charged with disorderly conduct and fighting in public, but pled no contest. I don't have a problem with that. July 4th, 1990, according to the Orlando Sentinel, the enemy pleaded no contest after allegedly shoving a firefighter the University of Colorado Boulder suspended Bienemy for one game for the upcoming season. Kind of not cool. September 93, Colorado police arrested Bienemy. Then in the NFL, the Orlando Sentinel reports Bienemy allegedly grabbed a female parking attendant by the neck and threatened her. The University of Colorado banned Bienemy from the campus for one year. Starting to add up. April 2001. According to the Daily Bruin, Colorado police arrested Bienemy on a DUI charge. Three months after he joined the football staff as running back coach, he was pre- previously had his license suspended after numerous violations. Bienemy also linked to alleged allegations that Colorado's football program used alcohol and sex to lure recruits. Is, is any of that awful? Altogether, it sounds terrible. Has he been a model coach since? Yeah. Does he deserve an opportunity? I believe so. Okay, I I think he... Look, if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes speak up for him, I don't think this is a black-white issue. Okay, I think if that was a white coach, you're not hiring him too. That's why some of these guys like Brandon Staley and these other guys, they don't have any shit like that. Okay? There's no other reason why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been given an opportunity to become a head coach. Okay? Now, do I think the Rooney rule sucks? I do. Okay? I think the Rooney rule has a lot to be desired. 
But this is this, this is a behavior issue with B enemy. This isn't is he a good coach? I don't know. I don't think anyone's debating that. But I don't think that's a color issue. I think that's a behavior issue. Brian Flores is a problem for me. That's a quality football coach. He turned the Dolphins around with a pretty arrogant owner, Stephen Ross. That thing had been a shitstorm until he showed up. He stabilized it. I think Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. I like Brian Flores. Okay? I think Brian Flores deserves a chance. He's a hell of a coach. Okay? Brian Flores is totally coaching, head coaching material. He's quality, speaks his mind, stands up for himself, fights the NFL, didn't give a shit if it ruined his career. Dude, don't you think that? See, what Brian Flores did by calling out the NFL for what happened in Miami, I think that's a sign of strength. That's not a problem for me. You know what some people would say? Well, hey, he's a troublemaker. What, telling the truth is a troublemaker? Oh, okay, I kind of get that then. Mike Caldwell totally deserves Uh, You mean Jim Caldwell? Jim Caldwell totally deserves a chance to be a head coach. Totally is a good coach. Jim Caldwell is very capable. Okay? Very capable of being a head coach. Love him. Hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. All right. Please hit the like button here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at let me let me look at the all pro team here. I'm gonna throw this out here to you guys. Then I'm gonna get into the playoff games this weekend and also the best opponent. Hey, you know what? I didn't close up if the questions have been answered on the Eagles, and I started it with Jalen Hurts. Has Jalen Hurts Are you comfortable with Jalen Hurts being the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia for the next five years? By the way, if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the next five years, the Eagles will not win a Super Bowl. Okay. Probably as sold as you were for Wentz. After his first two years starting. Interesting. You were just as confirmed and had just as much positive energy towards Wentz as you do as you do Hurts right now. You have to. Okay? You have to. You have to. You gave Wentz the money. Look at what Xander says. Second team all pro today. Price may have gone up. I'll show you how skewed and stupid that is. Not you, Xander, but how stupid. So you're trying to tell me because Jalen Hurts is second team all pro that you take him over? Patrick Mahomes. No, no. Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow. Josh Allen. Trevor Lawrence. You would take him over those guys? Not in a billion years. Not in a billion years would I do. Go ahead. You keep him. You keep with that. He's going to be Kyler Murray next year. He'll get paid, get hurt. 
dual threat. I'm never taking him over Trevor Lawrence. Not happening. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. Ever. <laughs> Why? Here's Eagle. Why do you keep comparing him to other quarterbacks? Because that's how other quarterbacks are paid. That's why. You compare him to other quarterbacks because of salary. Dak Prescott gets $45 million. Hey, watch this. I'll tell you about Dak. You guys think that Jalen's probably better than Dak. It's funny. He owns the Eagles. He's 8-3 and three versus them all time. You should beat him first before he starts saying that your guy's better than him. He owns the Eagles. Second team all pro. <laughs> Price just went up. Wow, man, are you going to get stuck with the bill? When If you pay Jalen Hurts $45 million, it's going to be like going to dinner, and the person you took to dinner doesn't have the credit card, and you get stuck with the bill. <laughs> you get stuck with the bill. Mm, not me. No way. I'm paying for one of them dudes. Here, here, here's what I'm paying for. Before I go over the old pro team, Patrick Mahomes, 648 attempts, 435 completion, 67 completion percentage, 41 touchdowns, 5,200 yards. Justin Herbert, 699 attempts, 477, 68-2 completion percentage, 47-39 in yards thrown. Fastest, second fastest to Mahomes, the 14,000 passing yards. See, Joe Burrow, 606, 414, 68-3 completion percentage, 35 touchdowns, 44-75. Man, these are quarterbacks. Allen, 567, 359 completion, 35 touchdowns, 42-83. Trevor Lawrence, 584, 387 completions, 66-3 completion percentage. 41-13 in passing yards. And here's Jalen. 460 attempts, 306 completions, 66-5 completion percentage. Up that from 61, which is great. 22 touchdown passes, which is six better than Daniel Jones. 37-01. Let's take a look at that for a minute. Daniel Jones versus Jalen Hurts. Hertz had 460 attempts. Daniel Jones had 472. Jalen Hurts had 306 completions. Daniel Jones had 317. Completion percentage. Jalen was 66.5. Jones was 67.2. Hertz had 22 touchdowns. Daniel Jones had 15. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. A seven better. Jones had five picks. Jalen had six. Jalen had 37.01. Jones had 32.05. Pretty comparable. Pretty comparable. Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts. I hate when people just read stats off a page without taking the actual whatever that was. Second team All-Pro, number one seed. 
Sure hope he wins. Wasn't, I thought Dak was that last year. I thought Dak had numbers like that. Didn't he, didn't he win like 12, 13 ball games last year too? Won the division title, number one offense in the NFL. 42 million bucks. Second team all pro. I would take Jalen over Trevor Lawrence. Over Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, or Patrick Mahomes. Never would I do that. Those guys are the elite passers in the game. So wait, Jalen's better than Joe Burrow? Because he made second team all pro. <laughs> okay. Joe Burrow's gone to a Super Bowl in his second year. No, was it? In his first year, Joe Burrow went to a Super Bowl in the first year starting a full season? Yeah. Yeah. He took the Bengals, too. <laughs> he took the Bengals. Yeah, Joe Burrow got hurt his first year. He missed the second half of the season. Then he came back in his first start in his second year and went to a Super Bowl. I get Jalen ranked ninth as a passer in the, in the playoffs out of the top 10. There's 14 quarterbacks. Skyler, whatever his name is, Thompson. <laughs> I'm going to break down Skyler Thompson here. Okay, Dak. I think Dak, man, he, he's got the most pressure. But look at some of these guys. Justin Herbert, man, 47-39. I mean, look, look at, let's look at something here, too, that's interesting. Jalen Hurts threw the ball for 460 attempts. Tom Brady had 490 completions. <laughs> Justin Herbert had 477 completions. Patrick Mahomes had 435 completions. So for the amount of attempts that Jalen had, these other guys completed the ball more times than Jalen attempted to pass. I mean, <laughs> they take advantage of the NFL today. It's a passing league. Every time I say that to people, they get upset. You just get upset. Dak owns the Eagles. Of course he does. How many Super Bowls has Josh Allen won? Um, this is the first year under his contract. We'll find out. They'd have been a number one seed. That Bengals and Bills games had been played. They were the number one seed. They got three losses just like you. That guy's throwing all them yards, and he's got the same record basically you do. Josh Allen has the same record you do and threw more interceptions. Imagine him when he plays perfect football. Can't beat him. Remember this. Remember this, Josh Allen didn't play perfect ball this year, and they still went 13-3. and three. Yeah. <laughs> still went there. Yeah, uh, look at you guys. Number one seed? Well, that was taken from the Bills because of a coin flip and a guy getting hurt. That's the only reason. Was it their play? Has Josh Allen won a playoff game yet? Hold on for a second. Let me put this out there. Let's see, because I know Jalen hasn't. Has Josh Allen won a playoff game? 
Oh. Okay. Uh, Jalen's got to do something in the postseason because he's not. He's terrible in it. Wow. Here's the all-pro team. Josh Allen's 2-2. Two and two. Josh Allen has more victories in the postseason than Tony Romo and Dak Prescott combined. That's crazy. <laughs> Josh Allen. Oh, by the way, hey, before I get to the all-pro, I want to show you guys something. I want to show you guys something about winning in the postseason. How many people believe that Sean Payton's a better coach than, than Mike McCarthy? How many people believe that? How many people believe that Peyton's a better coach than Mike McCarthy, the current head coach of the, um, okay, the current head coach of the uh, Bucking, or Cowboys. Uh, Ron goes, I do. Probably. Okay. Well, here, let me read you some stats here. You see, one thing about coaches' stats, they're who they are. You guys, you guys are right. Sometimes statistics can be misleading. You're right. Who said Sean's better? Arthur says Sean's better. Calvin says he's better. Um, all around auto goes, I do. Okay. Yale says McCarthy hasn't won anything since Rodgers. Domi goes like this. I do. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Here's Sean Payton's record. 152 and 89. Mike McCarthy's record, 155 and 97. Playoff record. Sean Payton's 9 and 8. Mike McCarthy's 10 and 9. Losing seasons. Payton's got four. McCarthy's got four. Super Bowl wins. Payton's got one. McCarthy's got one. And before you say he had Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton had Drew Brees for 17 years. What's the difference? What's the difference? How can you fundamentally say Sean Payton's better when they're identical almost in numbers across the board? They're identical. And coaching records are who you are. It's what you've done as an organization and running an organization. They, they pretty much have the same record. But because McCarthy has coached two of the premier franchises in the NFL, Packers and... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cowboys. Peyton coached the Saints. That's probably something. He turned the Saints into, along with Mickey Loomis, the GM, into a really cool franchise. Okay? But what's... 
They got the same record. McCarthy's won three more games than him, 155 to 152. He's got one more playoff win than Sean, and Sean is 9-8. and eight. Everyone makes it seem like it's so easy to win in the postseason. I'm going to make a bigger point with Andy Reid here in a minute. So when you keep people keep saying Sean, I have no idea why people look at Sean Payton and think he's some sort, some sort of massively Hall of Fame. If you think Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame coach, so is Mike McCarthy. They both had Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and when Payton had to have a quarterback, so wait a minute, how many people think what Sean Payton did, giving Tyson Hill $10 million a year, was a smart move? You gave a gadget player. 10 million bucks. How many people think that was smart? See how perception is different? See how perception is different when you look at certain people and how you look at people in life. Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy are the same guy. The same guy. Through the same dude, their records speak to it. Yale, I'm not saying that Tyson Hill's not productive. 10 million bucks? Really? Okay. 10 million bucks for a gadget Wildcat guy. Well, then again, that Wildcat guy took it to the Eagles. So, hey, maybe so. Maybe so. Peyton has done more with less. How do you think? How do you say that? He's had Michael. He's had Michael Thomas. He's had Alvin Kamara. He's had Jimmy. He's had Jimmy Graham. He's he, he's had Marcus Lattimore. He's had Cam Jordan. He's had some of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. The Benson family spends money after money. Don't say that. That's he's done more with less. Do you understand the Green Bay Packers have not drafted a first-round wide receiver in 42 years? 42 years. They've never drafted a first-rounder. You have to go back to the 80s. Talk about an organization that doesn't do anything for your quarterbacks. You've had 30 years of quarterbacking in Green Bay and two Super Bowl wins. In San Francisco... In a 10-year span, you won five Super Bowls, 12-year span, with Young and Montana. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, Sean Payton, remember, I remember that tone. Sean Payton was crowing around going, this guy Tyson Hill is going to be the new NFL. I was like, that guy's a bum. He was a bum at BYU. That's, and, and Randall, that's a point. That's a point right there. You're right, Randall. The Saints, they were decent under Jim Morris Sr. for a little bit. Okay? A little bit. They won a division title like in the 80s, 87, 88, 89, around in there. When they had Bobby Haber as the um, quarterback. They And they were kind of average to below average with Ditka. But really never spread. And it, it, under Archie Manning, they were never anything. He... Eagle goes, you're saying McCarthy is better than Peyton? Eagle, no, I'm saying they're both mediocre. 
They're who they are. I would never hire Sean Payton either. Sean Payton, 9-8 and eight in the postseason with Drew Brees. With Drew Brees. Have you not watched his last three years and the nuclear meltdowns in New Orleans in the playoffs? Have you not watched the meltdowns? The Saints stumbled to Breeze's end of his career. They stumbled. They lost. How about that playoff game against the Rams? It's the refs. Dude, really? Oh, it's the Vikings. Oh, I see. Those people had an excuse every year in New Orleans. Every year in New Orleans, they had an excuse on why they fucked up. All right, here are the coaches, the top 14 coaches that are going into the playoffs this year. Mike McDaniel, Dolphins, no experience. Brian Dable, Giants, no experience. Brandon Staley, Chargers, no experience. Todd Bowles, Bucks, no experience. Number 10, Kevin O'Connell, Vikings. No experience. Number nine, Nick Sirianni, 0-1. Number eight, Sean McDermott, 3-4, and four, Bills. Would you consider Sean McDermott to be a good coach? Boy, I would. Top 10, Jersey sales, Josh Allen, Parsons, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamb, Dak, Jefferson, Hurts at eight. Very cool. Fields, nine. Brady, 10. That's pretty cool, man, that Jalen's in the top 10. That says a lot for Jalen. That says a lot. There's a lot of first year. There's a lot of first year coaches with no experience. Sirianni, 0 and 1, ninth. McDermott, 3 and 4. Kyle Shanahan, seven, four and two. One conference title with the 49ers. Zach Taylor, three and one, Bengals, one conference championship. Mike McCarthy, 10 and nine, number five, Cowboys. One Super Bowl, one conference championship. John Harbaugh, 11 and eight. Ravens, one Super Bowl, one conference title. Doug Peterson, four and two. Jags, one Super Bowl, one conference title. Pete Carroll, 11 and 10. Seahawks, one Super Bowl, two conference championships. Andy Reid, number one, 19 and 16. One Super Bowl and three conference championships. You make it sound like these guys and all these great coaches and winning in the postseason is is you 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 have a different opinion. Andy Reid is three games above five hundred as an NFL head coach. I don't know. Pete Carroll's one game over five hundred, eleven and ten. John Harbaugh, who I think is a great coach, is eleven and eight. 
My point is, some of these coaches here, when you look at these guys, look, 19 and 16 is spectacular. So when you look at Aaron Rodgers' record at 14 and 13, or like, I think it's 13 and 12, coaches have the same record. Coaches have the same record. Dank, that's right. It's just, that's my point. Playing in the postseason, it's a completely different animal. How do you know Jalen Hurts is going to really be a star in the postseason? These guys are fabulous during the regular season, these coaches. They put up 13 wins, 12 wins, 11 wins. Get to the postseason, different game, isn't it? Your legacies are built in the postseason. I've been telling you that now for three days. You guys keep talking to me about Jalen's regular season. Has no bearing on anything on how you're going to perceive him. So when you keep telling me he's the future of your team, hopefully he does something for his sake. For the team's sake. It's not a rip. It's the history of the game. It's a hard game to win, man. And and, and by the way, let me walk back. Winning 14 games, that is not an easy accomplishment. It is not. It's not an easy accomplishment. I'm not suggesting that. Actually, 13 wins he had this year because... Oh, no, he did have 14 wins. He was in the final game of the regular season against the JV Giants. He was in that game. Four, that's, that's, no, that's no shady or loser statistic, but that's a team accomplishment. It's not a quarterback accomplishment. That is a team accomplishment. Defense, offense, running the ball, coaching. Records are not... And I hate when the media puts the records around the quarterback. The record should be around the coach. It's his organization. He puts the players on the field. What you do to get your team there is yours. Like Mahomes' numbers. What, what Trevor Lawrence did. What Jalen did. Now, Jalen's not conventional. He's not in those top passers because that's not what he does he has to run the ball to be in that see here's the difference Jalen Hurts has to run the ball to be considered with the rest of those guys second team all pro hey great accomplishment that's an individual accomplishment for the year he here and and, and so you guys know Jalen Hurts had the best season overall of any quarterback in the NFC I've been saying this now for the last couple of years I wish that there were two MVPs, AFC, NFC, like we have for the National League, American League MVPs. I wish we had that. I really do. I wish we had that. Okay? I do. Because Jalen would have been the MVP of the NFC. Okay? Really, you have everything. 2,000-yard wideouts, 1,000-yard back. You would have had a tight end that would have been in the conversation too. You have everything. It's the only team in the NFL that has everything perfect because the quarterback is the lowest paid guy in the huddle. 
The reason the Eagles are who they are is because a quarterback makes no money. It's the only reason. It's the and good drafting in the O-line. The quarterback's the lowest paid guy in the huddle. It's the only reason that the Eagles are intact the way they are. Well, that'll change. You'll be, every, you'll be like every other team very soon. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, just like with the Cowboys when they had to start paying Prescott, they had to lose Amari Cooper. You don't think that's been a – hey, do we not agree in Dallas? Amari Cooper has been – Amari Cooper had 1,000 yards this year. And not having that other wide receiver, Amari Cooper, the Cowboys are not the same offense. That got hurt too. His, his, his mountain of turnovers too, something that he's been great at, has been really kind of st- shocking. I think 15 turnovers. I've never seen anything like it, the amount of turnovers that he has a boatload of them. He has a boatload. I'm not giving Jalen Hurts a raise until I see what he does in the postseason. The only reason Jalen Hurts is sitting at the dinner table with me and me determining whether or not I'm going to pay him is what he did in the regular season. He's erased the conversation about Jalen being an NFL quarterback. He's erased that. He is. He is. I agree. Now we have to determine his legacy and how and if this guy can win a Super Bowl or not. And that's yet to be determined. Because so far, his playoff appearances has an analyst and Troy Aikman screaming at him, throw the ball to Devontae. That's all we know so far and have watched. The rest of the shit is all guesswork. Including me. I can't sit here and definitively say that he's not going to have a spectacular divisional round game, whoever it is. I'm not paying anybody that hasn't proven shit to me. And in the postseason, you prove it. I just showed you how hard it is to win in the postseason. Let's see if he does it. There's a lot of regular season wonders. Kirk Cousins comes to mind. Dak Prescott. Those guys get in the postseason, they shit the bed. Donovan McNabb. Shit the bed. Carson Wentz. All of them dudes. If I'm going to pay 40, like the guy in Arizona, Kyler Murray, boy, you take that job, you'll be fired in two years. You'll be fired in two years with that guy. That guy is not. That'd be a great job for Shane Steichen. Well, when he gets him back next October because he's blown out his ACL and, you know, dual threat guys, they're never going to be healthy. Never going to be healthy. You just gave a guy 46 million bucks. He blew his knee out. Now you're not going to have him until next October. Great investment. You gave your head coach a contract extension, fired him. Great move. Your GM had to take a respite because too much pressure. Gave him an extension. And now all three guys, you wasted money. Look at how much money you wasted. You wasted $75 million of the Bidwell money in Arizona for nothing. Would you like that Arizona job? Maybe I would. Because you know why? You don't have to be very good. All you have to do is show up to work. 
I could do what Cliff Kingsbury did. Hey, go out there, run, throw. Here, I could do exactly what they do in Philly. Hey, if the play's not there, run. I could do that for $10 million a year. Hey, Yale, I wonder if that's true. You think he wishes he was playing with the A's? Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, you think he wishes he kept that contract with the A's? That's interesting. I never thought about that. You think he regrets not playing ball? Major League Baseball, you have a 15, 20-year career. have to worry about that bullshit. Hmm, interesting. Hey, wouldn't that be something? He plays one more year, takes the contract, quits and goes back into the A's organization. He's only 25. Two years in the minors, he's up with the A's. The A's would love him. He's making $10 million a year there. <laughs> and he's doing it for 20 years, right? Yeah. Dank. How Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes and couldn't win shit with him. And he was the head coach of Arizona. What? <laughs> How'd that work? Ain't taking his ass back with a bad knee. Do you really have, hey, dude, Tone, in baseball, well, he's a shortstop, right? Or is he an outfielder? If he's an outfielder, dude, he could sit out there and watch the pasture grow. Now, do you really have to be um, a superstar player? I mean, do you really have to be in great shape to play baseball? I don't know. Dual threat, you were surprised Hurts made that. I'm not surprised. Like I said, I'm not taking Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow didn't make second team all pro. Okay, you keep him. Joe Burrow's going to make $55 million. He's already gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he already won a conference championship. Your guy was crushed in the playoffs. Crushed. Let's see what happens. He's an infielder. Eh, maybe he does need his wheels. Seals, what would be the what will be the take when Hertz wins his first playoff game next week? He did what he was supposed to do. You got the home field advantage. What is that a, is that a surprise? Why are you guys so see, you know what's crazy? This is how we talk about Josh Allen and and you guys say it too. Josh Allen hasn't done shit. Josh Allen hasn't won anything. He hasn't won. Well, your guy in Philly hasn't either. What's the difference between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen? The difference is when you watch one play, one's better. That's that's the difference. Let me get to the all-pro team. The all-pro team. Jalen was second team. Mahomes, quarterback. Josh Jacobs, Raiders, running back. Travis Kelsey, tight end. Wide receivers. Hey, this is where I disagree. I'm going to show you where I disagree, guys. You ready? Justin Jefferson, Minnesota. Tyree Kill, Miami. Devontae Adams, Las Vegas. I think A.J. Brown should have been in the all-pro team over Devontae Adams. I, I, I think that A.J. Brown's better. 
I think A.J. Brown had a better year than Devontae Adams did in more meaningful games. Number one seed. I I, I mean, how do you put Devontae at? You really think Devontae had a better season than, than A.J. Brown did? I don't I don't see that. I don't. I don't see that. So, I, I mean, I think that's a reputation pick right there. And, and plus, look, that's a great point, Yale. Dude, A.J. made Jalen better and the offense better. And they gave it to Devontae Adams. He and the, the, the quarterback has just been fired. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have went there with Devontae. I'd have went with A.J. Brown. A.J. deserves to be on this all-pro team. By the way, did A.J. make second team? I surely hope he did. Did he make second team all-pro? I sure hope he did, man. Because get this, guys. In your contracts, you do get paid. You do get paid on the first three teams. There's incentives in there. First team, second team, third team. GT, he did. Thank God. So instead of making like a million bucks, whatever the bonus is, he'll get 500. It'll come down. Something like that. See, because look, I'll show you. And I've showed you guys this before. Here's the ballot. This is the old school ballot. And this is for like the Pro Bowl. But this is all pro. I wasn't on an all pro ballot. But I am on a Pro Bowl ballot. This is the Pro Bowl ballot here. And what you do is you get to pick. And there's a sheet that goes along with this here. And you pick. The guys that um, you want interior. Now, we could only, now back in my day, we could only pick, I was an interior lineman, so I only got to pick interior. And if you were an offensive tackle, you got to pick offensive tackles. If you pick guard, you were a guard, you pick guards. So we never got a chance to pick the quarterback. So we just got to pick our positions. And as you can see, me and Mike Stensrud were the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive tackles. And the star means he was the starter. Up there, there's there's Philadelphia. There's Jerome, Ken Clark, Mike Gullick, and Mike Pitts. And there's there's the Cowboys, Kevin Brooks, Danny Noonan, and Randy White. Those were some of the guys back in my time. Back in look, St. Louis. Holy shit. Look how old this is. St. Louis. And not the Rams, it was the Cardinals. What's Chicago's guys? Steve McMichael and William Perry. I voted for William. I, I probably I know I voted for Jerome because Jerome voted for me. So we got a chance. Mike Pitts, man. What a great dude. God rest his soul. Really a great dude, man. Really. Mike Pitts was a great. That whole Eagle team was fantastic. Okay. Um did Josh Allen make the play? Oh, that, hey, you take Josh Allen. I mean, no, you take Jalen. I'll take Josh Allen. <laughs> Did he make the playoffs? Hey, so wait a minute here. Brock Purdy is in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers isn't. Who's better? Who's better? Brock Purdy or Aaron Rodgers? Let me guess, Brock Purdy. <laughs> hey, what's his name? Skylar Thompson? 
is in the playoffs. Skylar Thompson is in the playoffs. Okay. Okay, did he make it in his first year? This year, oh, Brock Purdy's better than Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. Okay. Um, Trent Williams, best tackle in the game, is the tackle, the left tackle, the money tackle. Joe Petonio, Cleveland, left guard, really a fine ball player. Jason Kelsey, center, Hall of Famer. Fantastic. Congratulations. Zach Martin. People love him, man. I think he's good, too. He's a Hall of Fame guy, right guard. And Lane Johnson, the second best offensive tackle in the game. But watch this. By this then. Paper thin. Paper thin. Paper thin. And Trent's great. Trent, how many Pro Bowls does Trent have? That's interesting. How many how many Pro Bowls? Because I know he made a ton of them when he was in Washington. Trent Williams. How many how many how many um, Pro Bowls does he have? Ten. He's got ten Pro Bowls. Holy shit, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Lane Johnson. According to Wikipedia, David Lane Johnson is an American football offensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles of the He's got four. He's on his way. I'd say you need about Three more to get to the Hall of Fame. The guy in San Francisco's got 10? <laughs> Dude, when you're up 10 Pro Bowls, that's insane. Insane. I didn't know he had that many Pro Bowls. Trent Williams has 10 Pro Bowls. Oh, cow. Wow. Man, I despise Trent Williams when he was in Washington. Yeah, well, he took, don't worry about it, Dank. He took a gigantic shit on them on the way out the door. He wouldn't play that whole year because they misdiagnosed him. Trust me, he, he's with you. He doesn't really like Washington either, man. He, he, he doesn't. Look, Lane's a great ball player. Don't. Don't kid yourself. Jason Peters is a fantastic ball player. Okay. I, Jason Peters is fantastic. Um, has Josh Allen won a, any? Yeah, Josh Allen's two and two in the playoffs. Here's your defense. Micah Parsons is a joke. Hassan Reddick is better or should have been in there over him. Or I'd have take Max Crosby over him. Nick Boza, fantastic. Um, and on defense, San Francisco has an all-pro at every level. They have it in the um, defensive line, linebacking core, and in secondary. Shows you the power that San Francisco has on defense. Chris Jones had a great year in Kansas City. 
Quentin Williams from the Jets also had a great year. Those are your interior linemen. I'm good with those two guys. Fred Warner, San Francisco. Roquan Smith, Baltimore. Matt Milano from Buffalo had a fabulous year. Cornerbacks are Sauce Gardner, Jets. Patrick Sertain, spectacular. To me, in my opinion, Patrick Sertain's a better ball player than Michael Parsons. That's the guy Jerry wanted. Jerry wanted Patrick Sertain. And when Denver got him, the Eagles made a move with the Cowboys, and he fell into the Cowboys' lap. Sertain's a better ball player than Parsons. He's more impactful. His defense is in the top three this year. Okay? His defense is in the top three. As bad as Denver was, wasn't their defense. It was their quarterback and their offensive game plan with Nathaniel Hackett. Sertan's a hell of a ball player. Um, Fitzpatrick at safety. Hufagana, is that how you say his name, from San Francisco? He's the other one. So San Francisco's got an all-pro at every level. My boss is a Niners fan. My grand, grand, The 49ers have been a great franchise uh, since the DeBartolos and the York family have owned it. I mean, prior to that, not so cool. They won a little bit in the early 70s and maybe a little bit in the 60s when they played at Kizar Stadium. But, um, you know, of course, when DeBartolo owned it, it was a second. I mean, it's one of the greatest. It's the second greatest franchise dynasty of all time that's the Patriots on what they did. Jason Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, he's, centers, making that center position at Pro Bowl is very difficult. Um, we're going to do our predictions. I want to take a look at the draft. I'm going to tell me if you guys will agree with this. We're going to do something in the draft. And again, I want to put this kid's name back out there. We did it a little bit yesterday. Um, Teams that are going to need a quarterback in the offseason. Bill Romanowski is also going to join us in hour number three. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
number one Jeff D'Ambrosio destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Bill Romanowski will join us at 5.30 Eastern. We're going to do our predictions here in a second. Here in the third hour for this weekend's wild card weekend. We're going to do that here in a minute. How about the rip job that Al Michaels did? I'm surprised the NFL didn't fire him this afternoon. He said working for Amazon and calling Thursday night football was like working at a used car lot. (laughs) Okay. Paying that guy $15 million a year to say that? You know, the NFL has a lot of say in who these broadcasters are. They're not just going to let some maniac go on there. They're not going to let Bill, you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not going to foot the bill and not have say when it comes to some of these broadcasters. Al Michaels goes like this working for Amazon was like being a used car salesman this year. Wow, and he got $15 million that uh, this year. Herb Street got 10. That thing was a shit show. You put shit games on, and it was a shit show, and the football public couldn't get to it. 
Hey, I don't know about you, but you know what Amazon is doing right now? The NFL doesn't want this out there, but I'm going to tell you a secret. You know what they're doing this week, next week, and throughout the playoffs? They're giving Amazon makeups. You know what makeups are? Well, just to give you a little um, look behind the curtain, when you don't hit a projected number that you promised your advertisers, you have to do makeups. They promised Amazon that they would get 12.9 million viewers. They came in at 9.4. So throughout the playoffs, you're going to see a lot of Amazon. You're going to see a lot of Amazon ads. <laughs> and they got to make they got to do makeups. And they're going to be on Fox, NBC, Monday Night Football. You're going to see a ton of them. Whoa. When the, the NFL is not in the business of losing money. NFL promised Amazon. Oh, no, no, no. The, the NFL is giving the makeups. They promised Amazon. Hey, yeah, you know, everyone's good. Hey, everyone's going to log on. I talked to a lot of people who didn't watch it. Dude, there were games on Thursday night towards the back end of that schedule I didn't watch. They were terrible. I'd tune it on, and I got access. I got access to Amazon. I got access to a lot of the NFL stuff because of certain things. I get access to it. There were games that I had free access to. I didn't watch. It's like that was the you can do. They got to make up around four hundred million dollars worth of dead advertising money. They're going to have to do it during the Super Bowl. Amazon's going to get free advertising during the Super Bowl or reduced rate. I think there's like seven and a half million dollars for a 30 now. They'll probably give it to them for two. Amazon probably comes out in the end because they're going to have the most viewers for the Super Bowl this year, depending on who the teams are. And you know Park Avenue's hoping the Cowboys make it. Well, you think the Cowboys well, you think Park Avenue and the NFL are hoping the Eagles make it? Not happening. The perfect world for the NFL would be Cowboys. And Chiefs. Cowboy, that's the rating. That's the rating bomb. That's the rate. Cowboys and Chiefs. See anybody else? Cowboys, Bills? Maybe, yeah. Cowboys and Chiefs. Bills got a great fan base, though. Okay? You know they want the Cowboys in. Highest rated team every weekend. Okay, that's not hate, dude. That's fact. Dallas Cowboy games are the highest rated games every weekend. That's not a hate. Isn't that funny? There's once again, there's a prime example of truth. The Cowboys are the highest rated football team every weekend. And that's hate on the Eagles? Dude, do you think Park Avenue wants you in? Why don't you do this? Look at how they treat the national championship game. What people really thought TCU belonged in? Come on, man. It's Texas. It's middle of the country. That's why they put them in there. Ohio State, great fan base, national logo. The final four should have been Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan. Because they won the conference, I guess. They put the biggest logos... And brands 
in that championship game. That was a television network made for TV playoff. Dude, they weren't hoping for TCU to win. They were hoping for a Michigan-Georgia final. Instead, they got that clunker, TCU blowout by Georgia. Somebody asked me, I remember, I remember somebody asked me, Sills, what's your prediction on the game? I go, Georgia by 50. I was right. Remember me saying that, Xander? Someone goes, Sills, what do you got? Georgia, t- TCU. I go, Georgia by 50. And it was. <laughs> they beat them by more than 50. Beat them by more than 50. That thing was never going to be close. Never. Amazon. I agree with you. I think next year they'll do everything they can. They got to revamp that halftime show too. Cause dude, what's his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are you kidding me? I, he's Gardner Mint. They had Gardner Minshew on the halftime desk. They had Gardner Minshew. <laughs> when every time I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick, I go, that's Gardner Minshew. Why is Gardner Minshew? On the halftime, hey, Claire Thompson or Clarice Thompson, she's smoking. I like her. Okay. But when I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick, I went. So they got Gardner Minshew on the halftime show. Holy cow. Gardner Minshew. (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick. You talk about nobody. Holy shit, man. I played 17 years. He was a 17-year backup. Holy cow. Dan, the only way I keep Slay next year and not trade him is if Gannon leaves. Dude, I think you move off of Slay. I think you move off him. He's 32, 33. I don't think he's going to ha- – I, I think he's the older guy. And if you're tell- asking me, I keep CJ and I keep uh, Bradbury. They're younger, 26, 27. Okay? 26, 27 and draft a corner. Maybe. Okay, I let Slay walk. Personally, I don't think he's had a good two months. You know what's crazy? He's not hurt even, and he's played. He's played not. He's not played poorly. That's not fair. But he he's not played well. I mean, I, watch this. He's been okay. I don't want to disrespect the guy, but he's played okay. It's not been poor. It's not been great. He's been okay. You know, he's been okay. Slay's a good leader. Really talking shit on Gardner Minshew because he lost the Saints game. I don't think, I I don't, I think he's a big mouth, but Hey, he was a big mouth in Detroit, but that's okay. I don't mind big mouths. Okay. And yeah, I'm going to, Hey, S blunt. I'm going to do these games right now. I'm going to do the wild card games here in two seconds here. Slay as a leader. I'm not. I don't think. I don't look at Slay as a leader. I. I, I don't. When I. When I think. But that's a great question. Who is the leader on defense? Brandon Graham. Um, Fletcher. Yeah, Brandon Graham. Probably, probably Brandon Graham. Okay. <laughs> Scott. 
That guy's going to be in the XFL pretty soon there, Tone. <laughs> uh, hey, that guy's going to be playing for The Rock in a minute. <laughs> okay, hey, Josiah Scott, that guy's going to be playing for The Rock in a minute. <laughs> in the XFL, dog. <laughs> I like CJ. I like CJ as a leader. That shit-talking Bama guy. He's a Bama dude, right? Let me guess. CJ Gardner, is, a, is, he, is he a Bama dude? He's probably a Bama guy. He looks like a Bama guy. I like Javon. You got Jags or Ch- I'm gonna I'm gonna get to those games here in a second. Here we're gonna do, we're gonna all do the games here in a minute. Here, I was asked this the other day, and you know what I say? Somebody asked me to come on their radio show and give the predictions. I say no, no, no. I saved that for here. Oh, CJ's a Florida dude. Oh, okay. I'm keeping Slay, and I'm keeping Bradbury. Get that kid's ass out of here. <laughs> He's a Gator. Out. I I'm not. I will never root for him. Sorry. Gardner Johnson out. He's out. He's a Gator. Out. <laughs> out. Goddard and CJ would have made first team All Pro. If not, I think Gardner Johnson. That's a good one. I shine. That's a good one. Great school. Okay, Yale. Now he's really out. Sills, <laughs> CJ, Bama guy. Okay, I'm in. Let, let's see, watch this. Sills, I really – wait wait a minute. Didn't I just say it? I really love CJ. I really do. He's a Gator. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> I think you guys might be right. I might be bipolar. Wait a minute. So, I really love CJ Gardner-Johnson. This guy is unbelievable. Sills, he's a Gator. Get his ass out of here. <laughs> Get his ass out of here. <laughs> oh. No, Gator. No, thank you. Hertz's agent wants all the bags and money. Well, he ain't getting that yet. You got to do something. You know, you got to kind of do something in the postseason. Here we go. I'll get to that. Um, Hurts' agent, Nicole Lynn, just signed Will Anderson to Clutch Sports. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to do the draft top 10. Holy cow, is Will Anderson going to get paid? I'm going to get Nicole Lynn on. I got her cell phone number. I'm probably going to have to get her on in the postseason. I promise you I'm getting Nicole Lynn on. They have here, you know how here, you know what my source is? I'll tell you. Um, on the NFL Players Association website, if you're a former player or player, all agents, cell phones, and names are listed and emails. I don't know her. I don't know her, but I have I have her in my directory. All around, you know, all around says you need a shirt that says biggest hater. You need a shirt with a baby crying on it like this. You get one of them shirts, I'll get that shirt. Fair? All right, here we go. Wild card weekend.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC Family of Apps. California ever again. Big Sills National Football Show. I 
I, I just will not live here ever again, man. I mean, this state is run like a treehouse. Jesus criminy, man. Rolling blackouts. I will never do that again. I'm coming back east. Soon as my kid's out of college, I'm making the proclamation. You know, only a few people know this. My aunt Xander, the folks at Jacob, I'm moving back east. Soon as my kid leaves college. Holy cow. There, I'm going I'm to keep my poise. And before Bill Romanowski comes on here, I want to keep my poise here. Big Sills live in Philly. South Philly, though. This is what this is what I would need to live in Philly. Okay. A great cannoli shop. A great Italian restaurant. I'm gonna stop right now. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stop right now. Okay, because watch this. <laughs> okay, hang on. A good cannoli shop, a great Italian restaurant. Dude, the sports is off the charts. So, dude, you got kind of pretty much, and plus, you got a city of assholes. I fit right in. <laughs> I fit right in. I mean, aren't I not perfect? I plus I'm Italian. How you doing, right? Hey, basta azul. I'm, I fit right in. Yeah. Dan Philly has the best Italian market besides NYC. Oh, 85. I'm starving already. Flyers too, man. How about my boy Torts? I told you, man. Torts was going to be an asshole, but you know what he was going to do? He's going to turn that thing around for you. The key will be, can you tolerate Torts long enough? That'll be the key. All right, before Romanowski comes on, let me get to this. Seahawks and 49ers. Dude, Geno's had a great year. He's going to get a two-year contract extension. Um, this is a divisional game. This ain't going to be that easy. This is a division game. These guys have played one another. They know what to expect. There's nothing going to be freaky here. The 49ers are going to line up. If San Francisco doesn't turn the ball over, I think they win this game by 10. Okay? I think they win it by 10. But if they turn the ball over, and some of you guys say like this, Purdy turns into being the Purdy bird, then you got a problem. Then you can't let Seattle get into the fourth quarter and think they can win it. You got to put them away by halftime, 10 points by half. Then you can coast at home. But if Seattle gets into the fourth quarter, because they can run the ball, that kid Walker's a hell of a player. That young kid they got from Michigan State, Plus, they've got a kid on defense on the other side. Dude, they got a lot of you, – you heard Warren Moon yesterday. They got some ball players. Be careful with Seattle because the coaching's good too. So, I got San Francisco winning this game 31-20. South Philly is all you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is all you. Get you a nice row. Dude, 85. I don't know. Plus, it's close to Connecticut where I'm from, Stanford. I love Stanford. Love Stanford. I go up there with my folks. Then again, my folks are all up and down the eastern seaboard, really, down to North Carolina, too. From the, 
from uh, they're not in Boston though. They're, they're from like New York City, Connecticut, Northern Connecticut, all the way down to like um, South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, Mint, thank you. Sills, love the energy. Thank you so much, dude. That's really kind of you. Seahawks with the upset. Okay, five star. I mean, look, well coached, quarterbacks playing well. That's not a reach. Okay, that's not a reach. Hey, hey um, which is uh, Brian goes, I don't like Connecticut. Don't worry, I live down in Japan. I live down in the cove down in Japan where all the paisans are. I, 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 don't, I don't live with all the rich, the rich aristocratic Italians up in Pound Ridge and um, in Westport and in places. I'm, I'm, I'm down there with all the fishermen down there. That's where I was raised. You don't have to worry about that. There's a lot of aristocratic Italians in there. Here's the game on Saturday. Chargers and Jacksonville. Mike Williams isn't playing. Um, boy. I just don't trust Brandon Staley. I don't think that guy's the coach for that. I think he gets blown out and fired if they don't win this game. I got Jacksonville 24-21 winning this game on Saturday. And Doug getting an um, opportunity to go to the divisional round. Damn, Frank, Pippies, or Sally's. I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll go Peppies. I got Jacksonville. 24-21. Sunday. Miami at Buffalo. Dude, unless Dan Marino gets off the bus, <laughs> Buffalo's gonna rip that team a new one. 34-10. Not much to break down here. Skyler Thompson. I mean, dude, this guy Skyler Thompson sounds like he belongs on Star Wars. Right? This guy, is, this guy is out with uh, Luke Skywalker, Skyler Thompson, and Luke Skywalker. I'm like, right? I'm Darth Vader. Who's that next? Hey, don't forget, my boy uh, Bill Romanowski will join us. Giants at Minnesota. Um, what time is this game? What time is this game? Because it matters. Is it a night game or is it a 4.30 game? I think it's the 4.30 Fox game on Sunday, right? 4.25, Kirk Cousins is okay. Anything over six, it's over. Minnesota holds on to win in a very close game. 30-28, I think Minnesota wins this ball game, okay? If it's over six o'clock, the Giants upset them. But it's a 425 game. Uh, what's his name goes? The Vikings are frauds. Yeah, well, the Giants, dude, the Giants. I'll tell you what, Minnesota gets beat. I, you, Jesus Christ, all that firepower and you get hammered. You can't get hammered, can you? And, dude, this is the most disappointing game of the weekend Baltimore, Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson came out this morning and goes, I can't give my guys 100%. My knee hurts. Well, Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, dude. But you got $250 million on the table. I don't know. I, I'll tell you this. My next guy coming in here. So, wait a minute. Lamar Jackson says that I can't give my guys 100% this weekend. And every single NFL player going into this weekend is hurt and not playing at 100%, and he can't go, I get you got a $250 million contract on the table. I get it. 
So you're taking money and priority. I get it also. But, boy, this guy here who has four Super Bowl championships, Bill Romanowski joins us now. And, hey, Bill, you ain't missing a playoff game for nothing. I don't – there's nothing. no – Are you kidding me, Dan? <laughs> nothing. I mean, if I needed to strap a two-by-four to my leg, that's what I would do. Not missing anything. Uh, Bill, nothing. What's, the di- what's the difference in preparing – for the playoffs and preparing for a regular season game. Do you try to stay with what you did and keep your routine? Or is there something different that you do to prepare for the postseason games? You know what? You do try to stay the same. But I'll I'll say this, Dan. It seems like, you know, if you're normally doing 10 to 12 hours of film study a week, maybe up it to 14 to 15 hours. It's it's just that much more important when you get to the playoffs and the margin of error and the level of detail. Everything is that much more important and that much more intense to where, I mean, there was nothing like it. Those The first three or four snaps in a ball game, you're like, oh, my God, you know, the hitting, the intensity, you know, and then after a few plays, you kind of next thing you know, you're right. You're just right in it. But there's nothing like it. It's just uh, I miss it. I wish I wish I could. I wish I could put on a helmet and shoulder pads and I wish I could play this weekend. I'd give Bill, anything. Bill, when you're playing like San Francisco is against Seattle, it's a division opponent. Is it more detailed like you were just talking and more of an emphasis on the little things? Because nobody's going to surprise anybody in this game. You pretty much see each other twice a year. You know the routines. Yep. You know what Pete Carroll's trying to do. Brock Purdy kind of gives them a little bit of an outlier because you really don't know what he's going to do. What's how, how much how much more preparation goes into something like that when you're playing a common foe? You know what it is? And I always felt like, you know, Bill Walsh and uh, George Seifert, Mike Shanahan, just the way I, I feel like head coaches have to be really good psychologists. And it's like every word out of their mouth is gotta be it's gotta mean something. You know? Um, the one thing Bill was really good at, Bill Walsh, he always gave he always would throw something that would make you laugh a little bit. And then he would give you a nugget, it'd be like, ooh. <laughs> You know, one of those. And because every week during the season, he was getting us ready for the playoffs. And he would reference it every week, 16-round fight, where, hey, I'm taking you out of – you guys are not in pads today because I want you fresher for the playoffs, you know. But 
the level of detail, the intensity, everything about it, um, it's second to none. And it's mano mano, and it's the team that mentally is ready to play. Uh, hey, like you said, going into this, everybody's beat up right now on some level. And nobody feels really, really good. Okay. But there, I just remember, I just tell myself every day, all week, you know, in practice and getting ready for the game, you just psych yourself up so much to where, you know, like I said, there's nothing that would, would have kept me out of one of these games. Nothing. Bill, is, is postseason experience an overhyped and a media thing, or do you think there's something to having the game experience of playing in the postseason? You know what? I was able to play in 26 postseason games. Wow. And you know what, Dan? I I literally I literally got to a point where I play I was playing the game for the playoffs and the chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, I played, you know, 16 years, so I necessarily didn't have to play that long, but I was chasing that high. And I was chasing that Super Bowl high. And, you know, the one time with the Raiders, wasn't able to close that deal and wasn't able to feel it. And, uh, but I miss it still to this day. I wish, um, like I said, I wish I was getting ready. You know, it's the intensity of your preparation. I miss that. I miss Wednesday practices, Thursday, Friday, just getting a little more detailed. And by Friday, you know, and then come through your walkthrough on Saturday, you're like dying to hit somebody. And come Sunday, oh, my God, unleash the beast and let's go. Bill, you mentioned the Raiders Super Bowl loss. I'm wondering, does that stick out more in your memory as a player than the four wins? No, it doesn't. You know. But you reference it a lot. I do. I do. Because... um. Lost opportunity? Yeah. I mean, there's a number of different reasons. We can get into Barrett Robbins. We can go on and on and on. But at the end of the day, um, the Buccaneers outplayed us. And we didn't get going until the second quarter of that game. And we were not ready to play that game. If you would have given us two weeks – Instead of one week, because we were we were the oldest team in the NFL, hands down, we would annihilated the Bucks if we had two weeks. Wow, Bill, let me take you into the Eagles. And have you been impressed with what they've been able to do with such a young quarterback? 
And I mean, they had 70 sacks this year, which is almost, they almost broke the bears record, the 85 bears record for most sacks, which is incredible. Tom Thayer, who you and I played against actually saw a lot of comparisons between that 85 bears team, because they're pretty complete. The Eagles, give me your thoughts on the Eagles. On what you, know, you see, are they the I favorite? Was ju- I was literally just going to say to you, I don't see any weaknesses. You know, um, you know, they they execute. They're talented. They're young. I mean, they've got it all. And now, hey, it's it's going to come down to how does the quarterback play in the big games how does he play in the playoffs and do they do they do what they've done all season long do they do they answer are they peaking at the right time um because you know i feel like san francisco i feel like they're peaking you, you think know? they're better than the Eagles um, right now today? I think they're better defensively. I know, you know, Eagles had a lot of sacks, but I I just think across the board, I would take the 49ers defense over the Eagles. You know, Bill, um, I heard you. I saw you on um, a show. You're very disappointed in the direction of the Raiders and what they've done. Derek Carr now, you could tell he's very disappointed that he's no longer a a Raider. Just give me your thoughts why you're so disappointed with what's been the direction of that franchise. Um, You know what? At the end of the day, you know, I love the Raiders. I love my time there. I love Mark Davis. I loved Al Davis. I want to see the franchise back on top. I will say this. I think they're going in the right direction. I do believe Josh McDaniels is a good football coach. At the, you know, Dan, I've probably said this on your show. I don't know if I've ever seen a donkey win the the Kentucky Derby. Okay, you've got to have the horses. You got to. And if you don't, you look at every great team I was on, every Super Bowl team I was on, we had great players. What make great coaches are great players that show up when it's when the lights are on and you know, I was fortunate. Uh, I was fortunate to be around some of the best football players on this planet for so many years, and so um, I just want to see the Raiders get back to that. And uh, I think I think they're they will go in the right direction. I do believe in Josh McDaniels. I want to ask you a question I've never asked you. Elway or Montana? Ooh. <laughs> I think I think if Bill Walsh 
Coach John Elway. John Elway probably would have won six or seven Super Bowls. So you take Elway over Montana. I think uh, because of the system, I would do that if I could do that. But as it sits right now, <laughs> I take my boy Joe Montana. I have to take my boy Joe because he won four Super Bowls. And, you know, I love John to, hey, I, hey, I love John to death. And I won two with him, and yep. he is a warrior like no other. I mean, yeah. How can how can you choose? You know, Dude, that's fantastic. You played yeah. with those two dudes, and once you won Super Bowls with both guys, which is absolutely immense. Tell me, hey, two last questions for you. Who's this guy, Brock Purdy? Who is? I mean, his father went to the University of Miami. A couple years after me, Bill, and I go, that's your kid? He's the last player drafted in the draft. I mean, look at the job that Kyle Shanahan done. He's on his third quarterback. Bill, do you think he can deliver the for that franchise this year? Um, The confidence that he has in the pocket, the way he commands the, – the way he commands – and, you know, there's just a certain way, you know, he handles himself on the field, the way he, the way he kind of trots onto the field. I always knew the way Montana, the way Elway and Steve Young ran out to the huddle. I'm like, all we got to do is hold them to, to three touchdowns and we'll get four or five touchdowns. And Purdy has got it literally oozing out of his ears, his nose, his mouth, and every orifice in his body. And I'm I'm pretty blown away. I am too. I I, I mean his leadership yeah. and blown I think away. Jimmy G. I think Jimmy D, Jimmy G is a great teammate to him too. And I think he's helping him handle a lot of the things. Yep. I mean, I think that's a great dynamic, Bill, in that locker room. Who do you got in Glendale, Bill? Final question for you. Who do you got in Glendale for the Super Bowl? 49ers Chiefs. Whoa. <laughs> 49ers Chiefs. Chiefs, who do you got winning that? 49ers. Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Brock what Purdy do you do wins with the Trey Super Lance? Bowl. What do you do with Trey, Trey Lance? Trey Lance is done. <laughs> and on that, look at <laughs> Boy, that's a way to drop the. Hey, hang on, good. Bring him back. To Brady, here. call this a Brady moment. Call it whatever you want to call it. But to me, Purdy is the man. Wow! So he's the future of the Niners. 
Yes. Okay. Hey, Bill, thank you so much, dude. You've been spectacular, as always, my friend. Thank you so much, Bill. You got it, Dan. Take care. Love, I love Bill Romanowski. Don't forget, too, Nutrition 53, his, his great company, too. So, yeah, let's take a time out. Wow. I thought that was kind of like a, a, a mic drop, right? Trey Lance, he's done. <laughs> God, hit the like button. I'll talk about that Monday night game, too. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. National football show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. It's going to be one whale of a NFL weekend. I can't wait to see how this thing plays out. Then a Monday night game, too, Dallas and Tampa. You think Dallas beats the Bucs? Um, so I got Sanford. So here, here, here's how I think it's going to play out. You're playing the Buccaneers, Eagles. You're going to play Tom Brady. You're going to play Tom Brady. I think San Francisco wins. I think Minnesota wins. I think Tampa Bay wins. So here's here's what the divisional round will look like. It'll be Eagles, Philly versus Tampa. San Francisco versus Minnesota. That's going to be your divisional round. Then I think it's going to be Jacksonville. Let's see. Buffalo, Cincinnati. Um, Buffalo versus the... Holy cow. It's going to be... Andy Reid versus Doug Peterson. Andy Reid versus Doug in the divisional round. It'll be Jags and Chiefs. And then Buffalo. Oh, my God. Buffalo, Cincinnati. So Buffalo, Cincinnati, do they have to flip a coin? Yale, do they have to flip a coin for the home field? Or is the game in the game in Buffalo? Because of what happened with uh Damar Hamlin. How's that gonna play out? I mean, I'm assuming because Buffalo had a better record. Chargers are no 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 no. I know they're playing the Jaguars. I'm talking the divisional round. Jags are going to beat the Chargers. And the divisional round will be Jacksonville Chiefs and Bill Cincinnati. It's in New Orleans. It would be in New Orleans. Okay. I think the Jags are beating uh, the Chargers too. I think they're beating the Chargers. Chargers are favored by one and a half, even with the loss of Mike Williams. Boy, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I think Jacksonville is playing a lot better ball than the Chargers. Chargers lost their final regular season game, too. I don't know, man. I I think they're up and down. I think they're up. It's a neutral site, isn't it? I I thought it was too, D. I thought it, I thought that, that somebody said New Orleans. 
that they would play that. Oh my God, that's right. Reed would play Doug and then McDermott if Buffalo wins. All of his assistants in Philly or his assistant, Doug was assistant in Kansas City. So Andy Reed would play all of his assistants. He's got a shot of playing guys who had worked for him, Sean McDermott and um, and Doug Peterson. That'd be wow! What a what a coaching tree. And he's off the Holmgren coaching tree, which is off the Walsh home, which is off the Walsh um, tree, coaching tree. It Bill Walsh, Holmgren worked for Walsh. Reed worked for Holmgren and these other two guys worked for Reed. So that goes all the way back to Bill Walsh and the West coast offense. That's why you see a lot of the spread stuff in Kansas city and why you saw a little bit in Philly when Andy was the head coach there too. Andy has a great coaching tree. I think Tony Dungy has a pretty decent one too. Dave. Thanks man. Yeah. West coast offense has produced a lot of good coaches. I do you know what? I think even Shanahan's father, Mike, was an assistant in San Francisco um, with either Seifert or Bill. But he's he's Kyle Shanahan. Um, I mean, Mike Shanahan worked in San Francisco, I think, for either Seifert or or Walsh, because then he got the Los Angeles Raiders job. Um he got the Raider gig and he stunk out loud there. Um, oh yeah, that Holmgren staff in Green Bay was Mariucci was on it, Andy Reid was on it, Joe Philbin was on it. They had a shitload of guys that were on that coaching staff. Dude, the quarterbacks they even had in the building. They had Brunel, they had Ty Detmer, they had Kurt Warner, um, they had um uh, what's his name? I I said Ty Detmer. They have, of course, they had Favre. That was a pretty good coaching staff up there. A lot of good coaches and a lot of good players in Green Bay. John on Andy Reid staff too. Yeah, Ray Rhodes. That's right. Ray Rhodes is off that. That's correct. Bill Walsh has the best coaching tree by far. Shanahan, Reid, uh, John Gruden. That's right, John Gruden. Um, Gruden was how Gruden got to San Francisco was because of John McVay. John McVay was the, he was the, um, general manager of the 49ers back in the day with Walsh when they were building the team. Then he became an area scout for the Buccaneers. And Sean used to be a little kid hanging around. And I believe that uh, John got the job as a quality control coach in San Francisco. And he went from quality control coach to an assistant coach, went to Philadelphia and became the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken, and then got the Raider job the first time. That's how that, I believe that's how that worked. And then, and that's how John got into coaching. But McVay, Sean McVay, was a was a quality control coach in Tampa for John. And that's how Sean got the Rams job. Uh, John Gruden recommended, along with Bruce Allen, to Kroenke. 
And McVay got that job because, if you remember right, Sean McVay was on the coaching staff from Washington with Jay Gruden. And that's how that, that whole tree's all – that's why when coaches – you know, coaches have these, like, how they get places. It's who you know in a way. Nepotism, okay. Gruden won a Super Bowl, though. McVay won a Super Bowl. It's not like these guys sucked. These guys put championship organizations together. I mean, you know, I mean, sure. I, I, you're right. And I don't know. Kyle Shanahan's a pretty good coach, dude. Kyle Shanahan's a hell of a coach. And by the way, Mike, Mike Shanahan's a consultant to San Francisco. So he helps his son when it comes to constructing a game plan. C- can you imagine that? Mike Shanahan is in that building in San Francisco, along with Kyle, putting game plans together. Mike has a say. Mike has an input. I've talked to John Lynch about it. They've hired Mike Shanahan as a consultant. He's a consultant for the 49ers. You got two dudes in the room there, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, putting game plans together. You're going to win some ball games, dude. No way, man. No way. Matt LaFleur with – hey, Randy, you want to hear something? Randy, Matt LaFleur – Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan were all assistant coaches for Jay Gruden in Washington. They were all – Jay hired them all. Jay Gruden could coach, dude. They all worked for um, – they all worked for Jay. Crazy, huh? Should be a great one. I can't wait for Monday. It's divisional round next week. And truly, the rent is due next week, man. Holy cow. That's crazy, man. Who will the Eagles play? I'm saying it's going to be the Buccaneers and Tom Brady at Lincoln Financial. Holy cow. Dude, Tom Brady. That's going to be a night game on a Sunday. Have a great one. God bless you. Tone, thank you very much. Xander, great job as always. You guys are awesome. Please hit the like button on the way out the door. See you Monday going 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.